Greetings. This podcast features a former student who produced a first-class IA and really understood how to analyze sources. Hopefully it will shed some light on the process of source analysis. Hi Leo, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hello, I'm Leo, a graduating student from 2020 class. As the current situation stress non-exam works that will be submitted to the IB is quite important. So I'm here to give you some insights. Hopefully they will be helpful. Have you decided to talk about your extended essay or your internal assessment? I believe that it would be better for me to share my experiences for my IA. Can you briefly explain the outline, investigation and findings of your IA? For my IA, I looked at uh, the cold wars between Iceland and Great Britain, especially the result of the Third Cold War, uh, attempting to investigate the factors that uh, resulted in the Icelandic success in the conflict. My investigation started by reading secondary sources such as uh, discussions about the topic in academic journals. Then, while utilizing these to construct my arguments, I had a clear, clear direction to find my primary sources supporting these arguments. Eventually, I concluded that uh, the determining factor of the British failure of our Icelandic success in the Third Cold War was uh, indecisive policy by the British due to the paradox of wanting to guard the British privileges in Icelandic exclusive economic zones while trying to promote the idea of exclusive economic zones for the British themselves. You used a number of sources in your IA's investigation. What particular source would you like to talk about? First, I'd like to discuss a secondary source focusing on a published article by uh, Gudmundsen on Scandinavian Journal of History. How did this source fit in with or contribute to your IA? The source was quite interesting in terms of analysis in part A. I may discuss the value of the source by stating that the source is made reliable by being published in rigorous academic papers and therefore being subject of peer review. Well, in addition, I can claim that the article being written in contemporary time stresses that uh, the source from government archives from Iceland and Britain are uh, available. I may also stress that its limitations by uh, discussing the sources the article used. Uh, an interesting part uh, that I noticed about the article is that it consists the uh, use of private papers in the references, uh, which are sources that would be valuable to the historians, yet the reliability of these papers would be uh, questionable since it is hard for them to be assessed by scholars when the papers are in private possession. You mentioned that Hudmundsen's article was a contemporary source. What benefit does a contemporary source have over a source written at the time? As a source, one benefit of secondary sources is that they would be expected to have access to more information such as national archives and the government papers, which makes them valuable. Yet in terms of writing your own research, one major benefit that I realized was that contemporary and secondary sources like this would offer a direction for research. 
for topics that one's not so familiar with, uh, it may be hard to find key events or figures for primary sources right away. But with investigation of secondary sources, you can find specific parts of the topic that you are interested in. But of course, you don't end up copying that in sample, but you can dive deeper by pasting these names and uh, days onto search engines, which would then offer you something better while allowing depth in your arguments. Besides Hunmanson's article, what other sources did you analyze in the course of your IA? As I have mentioned, uh, Goodmanson's research brought me to primary resources uh, with greater depth. I began researching a key British representative in the negotiations uh, whose name was uh, Roy Huttersley, who wrote an opinion article in recent years uh, on The Guardian uh, commenting on the events he experienced back then. So Roy Huttersley is a primary source of information on the Cod Wars. Why do you think historians like primary sources? For historians, the value of primary source would be that it often contains information about events with details not seen elsewhere. What's also expected in primary sources is that they may have obvious limitations. For this case, Hatley being a British diplomat means that he would be able to offer the British situation and thinking well he may as well neglect the situation in Iceland. During your IA, or EE for that matter, did you come across any sources that contained incorrect or biased information? Again, I will extend on the Huxley source I used. I consider the date when Huxley brought up the event which happened back in the 1970s. His article being published in 2008 allowed me to uh, connect his opinion to the contemporary financial crisis in Iceland, where I was then able to discuss his possible bias due to his purpose being the device or criticism to the British government in terms of uh, diplomatic negotiations with Iceland. Do sources containing lies or bias belong in the trash, or do they have some value to a historian? Uh, you won't use information that's incorrect, that's to say uh, containing figures or facts that are proven to be wrong. However, when encountering best sources that are still reliable, you should uh, view them as gifts in terms of source analysis, since that would permit you to write a lot. Separate the idea between the bias and reliability. When it is biased, it has limitations that may need attention. But when it's unreliable, it means that the source lacks credibility or could contain incorrect information. For my example, Hartsley's opinions may involve bias due to his purpose, but the value of his description about the situation of British uh, diplomats negotiating with the Icelandic government should not be ignored. Finally, what have these independent research assignments taught you about sources and the construction of historical narratives? Mm, one thing that I realized is that you can find the purpose of the author in our sources by simply looking at the states other than Huxley being incentivized to write his opening 
article due to the 2008 financial crisis. I also discovered that the research by Gunnarsson in 2006 may be incentivized by the Icelandic political dynamics after the withdrawal of U.S. military from Iceland in that year, and Icelandic scholars followed a trend to research about events in which Iceland enjoyed independence and success from major powers. Furthermore, in terms of advice for about writing historical research, it is extremely important to organize the sources and keep a record for referencing, which is the only way your reading can be applied to your writing. Thank you for your time, Leo. I think the audience has benefited tremendously from your experience with source analysis.